Sentire Media afternoon to whoever decided to download and listen to our podcast from Italy. My name is Jason. I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Ashley. Ciao, tutti. You know what? I'm going to move. Um, you start talking. I'm going to move this behind because we got a shot where we can see us both sitting by the fire. Right. Uh, today is the 17th of December. We have only how many? Five, seven days left? Ten days? Eight days left till Christmas. It is 6.04 in the morning. We are doing a very early podcast. We're multitasking today. We're doing a podcast and a Periscope live feed at the same time. That's right. We can do it. We have the technology. Ashley's going to trip oh over. Yep. One foot over the other. Everything. There you go. And then I'll have to move the camera again when we go to do the chestnuts. Okay. So make sure, remember, talk into the camera. Oh, yeah. I have a real hard problem with that. Um Podcast classic podcast listeners will know that I tend to move my hands in crazy gestures when I speak, and thus the microphone doesn't always pick up my tintillating uh, little side bits and, and tidbits. Yeah, I, uh, we've had several discussions about talking into the microphone, and we'll see if it. You takes. can call it a discussion. <laughs> so today is today's Thursday. I already said that the seventeenth. Very very early. It's minus six degrees out. It's a clear cold morning. We get, we're sitting in front of the fire in our kitchen, and we are going to do two <coughs> podcasts in within seven days. I apologize for my cough and um, any spit or loogies that must be hawked. Beautiful. But um, I am a lady, and I know this is the holidays, but. It's, a, it's, it's natural. It's part Not of life. Not only will they hear you hawk them up on the they're podcast, see but they're going to see it live on Periscope. So, to the Periscope listeners tuning in, I am not avoiding your questions. Save them for the end. We are going to do a Q&A. We have no one manning the camera right now. It's on a little tripod, you, and it's just the two of us. Can you make sure that they can hear us that far away? Yeah, absolutely. Let me go double check. Okay. Um, so let's talk really quick. What is Periscope? Periscope is an app for your iPad, iPhone, or phone, or um, tablet. That's how they say it. Um, it's basically a live streaming app. We tried to do live streaming um, two years ago. Okay. And um, we didn't have much luck because out here the technology really – technology wasn't really there yet. But now uh, within the last, what, six months Periscope's been out? Um, Ash, look at what you did to our couch. Ashley sat in front of the fire and then sat on the couch, and there is a huge black mark. And on your ass. You've got all this soot on your ass. Oh, you're in trouble. Oh, my God. So, uh, so it's enabled us to do what we wanted to do a couple of years ago, which was do live streaming video at the moment. And it's really, really cool. Um, it's free to download. And uh, if you're interested in it, go check it out. It's just a bunch of people. It's like a live YouTube video on, on, uh, online. Oh nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so uh, <coughs> what's been going on lately? What's been going on here in beautiful Lemarque and Piovico? Um, let's see. They've Started to light the Christmas trees, Urbana. Um, we, they, everyone has this, this stuff up, but nothing is actually lit. So it's been really, uh, Ashley's been really upset because it's all dark. Like you can see it coming. But um, so this week, this last week, everyone, all the towns finally started to light their Christmas trees. Um, 
one thing about Italy that well, I'll wait till Ashley comes back. Okay, I'll wait till Ashley comes back. I hope. Ciao, I'm back. I hope you can see me. <laughs> what there was one you wanted to talk about? I can't oh. sit in front of this damn fire anymore. You oh, we might have to. Yeah, we might have to move. I just thought it was really picturesque to start with. Um, okay, I love Italy. I think it's beautiful. This is going to sound so ridiculous. It's so religious. The fest, the holiday of Christmas here. There's not much commercialism in small towns, which is beautiful. And this is the tradition of the holidays. However, I want a freaking tree. I want a big, huge freaking tree. I love Christmas. I want to see the lights. I want to see all the holly jolly. I want the stores all lit up. And that just doesn't happen here, at least in the small towns. I know in Rome and some of those places in Bologna, it's absolutely beautiful. But the idea of, for example, like getting in the car and going to drive down Candy Cane Lane and seeing all the houses lit up with the ridiculous lights, Clark Griswold style. I'm a sucker for it, baby. I'm not going to lie. I love it. And we don't have it here. So I found myself fantasizing about Christmas um, like in Germany or France or somewhere where they have bigger trees, maybe. maybe I don't part know. of it's the tree, I think, that you cannot. We're gonna have to like order a tree from the nursery next year. Well, let's say when we we don't. You're right. Speak it is it, getting so hot. It is really hot. So I don't want to speak in absolutes, but where we live, it's very difficult to find a two meter Christmas tree that's cut to go by. We can find live trees in the uh with their root ball still attached um but they're only like a meter 30 a meter 40 a meter you know very really really small um they just don't do that here i don't know you're right i want i want more commercial in my christmas i know it's that is like the worst thing to say but maybe it's coming from new york city for eight years where you know you've got the window frosted window panes like you've got the the ice skating rink you've got the rockefeller christmas tree you've got Saks fifth avenue and maybe it's just that, that we came from the epicenter of commercial christmas to the complete opposite yep so we went to the uh, nursery here in sant'angelo to look for a tree and all they had were shit breathers so we drove out to fano thinking the larger can you can you explain what a shit breather tree is by the way yeah a shit breather tree is like three feet like a meter tall missing branches on half the sides and that's what the guy looks at you and is like yeah christmas tree so we drove out to um fano to try to find yeah, we drove to Fano to the coast because we were there for, oh, we periscoped it, a market trip. Uh, we went to the market to get some bacala and good stuff for the weekend. And we thought, okay, there's one bigger um, nursery. Let's check it out. And sure enough, they had three or four trees sitting there. And they had three trees and one wrapped up. And I was like, do you have any trees? And so he shows us the last three. And I find the biggest one, which is the one you guys saw. And as he's pulling, going to, uh, like, ring us up, I find this other tree all wrapped up. And I was like, what about this tree? Because it was a little bit bigger. And when we're talking this small, a little bit bigger sure helps. And it was already sold, so that was a bummer. So I definitely have to pl- plan a bit ahead next year. Wow, that took a long time to get to the end of that one. Don't you ever listen to Adam Kroll and stuff? Tell the story. Make it rich. Go on for longer. I thought our last podcast wasn't long enough. I was just trying to <laughs> delve a little bit deeper. 
Um, See what I put up with, folks? <laughs> we have completed the first round of Capoletti. Capoletti means little hats. Um, in our area, we make the uh, we make Capoletti. In other areas, they make tortellini. Basically, the same thing. It's a meat-filled... Um, we do a meat, no cheese in mm-hmm. this area. So it's a meat-filled little... Uh, the same, Basically the same shape. And that is always served around this time, in mostly in Brodo, in broth. And it's a very painstaking. We did the first one with Carolyn and Luke. Um, our neighbors down the road, and uh, this Saturday we'll be doing another round with the man, the Godster. The Godster. I can guarantee it won't be as pleasant of an experience. No, we need to move. I gotta really move. I do too. Okay, so we're gonna need to regroup our Periscope video setup for just one second. And would you like me to keep talking while you do that, or we'll just pass it off to each other? Uh, You can fill. You can fill in with the. uh, With you can fill in while we while I set it up. Okay. Um. I really did script the couch too, by the way. Do, I apologize for that. <laughs> That's after I already wiped it off. <coughs> Podcast listeners, I apologize for this uh, very kind of ridiculous version of our podcast. I guess I'm going to have to sit on a towel or something. Yeah, well, you're going to have to change your pants because. I can't take them off now. No, you can't take off your pants now, but all the stuff's on your pants. I tried to wipe it off, but we'll see. <laughs> All right, where were we? Sorry about that. All right, that. I do apologize, podcast listeners. Thanks for holding on. Oh my god, stop saying podcast listeners. Well, because the Periscope people can see what's going on. I know, there's the boy cat. We can also set it up just to the tree or something. Okay, so... As Jason was mentioning, Capoletti, tis the season for all of these holiday things. Something we recently did that we've never done before, which was really fun using the last of our cabbage, was sauerkraut and kimchi. Um, yeah, really, really easy to do. Salt, cabbage um, for the sauerkraut, just salt, cabbage, and thyme. And then for the um, kimchi was a bunch of different stuff. But it's really, really not hard. It's just... Salting the cabbage, washing it, and rubbing this paste of chilies and all this other stuff on there. And um, kind of being smart and using what you've got. Like where where we live, we're not going to be able to find fermented shrimp shit. Like what was that? Fermented shrimp something. There were some um, very interesting ingredients that were called for to help in the process. Jay? Yes. Fermented shrimp and um, a couple of different sauces. Um, a couple of different sauces that I couldn't find. Exactly. Here. So instead, he used anchovies and things he could find to kind of give it that uh, that flavor. But something fun to do, and um, the Italians do not get into. Let me just let me just preface this that uh, not a lot of kimchi or sauerkraut <laughs> being eaten here in Piobico. <laughs> this is just something that when you have an extra fifty heads of cabbage. You got to do something. And let me tell you, we're eating through it. We are eating well, our we way sick. through. We were sick and really stuffed up in our like um, in our sinuses and nasal and all that. Still am. And if you eat a bowl of ch- just chicken broth and you dump a bunch of kimchi in there, whoo, it opens you up. You're gonna feel it. You it does. It was. It. it was pretty instantaneous. I was loving it. Just eating big bowls of soup of it. I was like, oh my god, it's working. It is working. So, speaking of working, let's start talking about what's happening next for La Tavola Marque in 2016. So, an update. We are currently, um, 
how do we want to phrase this? We are searching for a, a new property for La Tavola Marque. There are new owners who have yet to be introduced. We will do a whole rollout with that. Very exciting stuff. We are really excited about the future for La Tavola Marque. And it will not be continuing here at the farmhouse Cacamone. Um, so we have started the search for the next property for lots of market. I feel like it was like the proper, like a, like a star search kind of thing. So we're looking for a big, beautiful farmhouse, um, some land, a pool, because guests need a pool out in the countryside, somewhere between Fano, maybe as far south as like Senegalia and inland a little bit, and out here towards the rolling hills into the Apennines. Um, maybe four or five guest rooms. But it's really fun, even though we won't be running it, we're helping to in the transition, and we'll put, help put our stink on it a bit of um, keep that good quality of service and f- detail. Uh, and it's fun going into some of these properties, don't you think, Jay? Yeah, I love it. We're going to do one this morning. I know, we are. So we're going to go look at an agriturismo closer to Urbino today. And um, two days ago, we went to look at one... Um, on the face of Monte Nerone, or on that kind of, what would you call that? How do you call the edge of the mountain like side. that? On the side of Monte Nerone. Um, much higher up in elevation than we are, much more mountainous than we are. But um, beautiful property, really neatly restored, but just not quite right for this activity. Um, kind of like they took an old Borgo, a little mini village, and have been restoring different old apartments in the antique way. And just beautifully done. Very simple, but very beautiful. Um, I just want to tell whoever put that comment in Italiano. Metti il microfono in tuo culo. Grazie. Wow. Why would they say that? People are assholes. Why? Someone is telling me to put my microphone on my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, really exciting stuff going on for 2016 for La Tavola Marque. So, we don't have an address yet, but it will be open for business in the summer, um, doing cooking classes, and for a lovely stay, just not run by us, but by our next hosts. So, I'm really excited about that. Um, What is going on for us next? Do you want to either switch the camera or put it towards the tree for something different to look at? No. Oh. All right. So... What we are getting ready to do next is our business called No Half Measures. And do you want to talk about, I'll talk about what the business is going to be, but do you want to talk about how we came up with that name? Jay? No, you, I'm holding them thing. You go. You're not participating in our podcast any longer. He's, he's more interested in periscoping. So our next business is called No Half Measures. And essentially, it's the combination of don't half-ass it. And living life to the fullest. Like, if you're going to go do something, go and do it. Go whole hog, full force, full throttle, and no half measures. It's a quote from a very incredible show called Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad folks will know exactly the episode that I'm talking about. If not, Google it. But, so, our next brand, No Half Measures, you can find us at nhmfilms.com. And I'm working on both on the website and the blog right now or nohalfmeasures.life.wordpress.com. Um, I might be shortening that just to something a little bit less. But if people aren't into all the dot .life.wordpress. But um, that's not a big deal. Um, so we are going – I'm really excited because this is um, the first – 
chapter of our life in Italy was focusing on Jason's strengths of cooking and hospitality. And now we will be focusing on more of my strengths of social media, marketing, and uh, that whole side kind of behind the scenes things. So we um, have a few clients already who we are working with and consulting for their business, whether it be, um, there's a couple actually, wine um, through for the wine industry in the north in Piemonte. Um, for and for expats starting their own businesses here in Italy, and then some other small Italian brands like Colisi or like Terracruta, some different wineries or breweries locally that are thinking globally and would like to start promoting their product um, and their beautiful local goods uh, more internationally. Um, Fushiani, if any of you guys have met him coming to our place or staying at our farmhouse or our fear like a local Fridays, he's the great guy with the meat and cheese warehouse and he's opening a new warehouse this spring. So I'm going to help him unroll his whole social media and marketing campaign. He has no website, no Twitter, no Facebook, nothing. He is old school, classic Italian yet has, is primarily positioned to be one of the premier destinations for, um, Food, artisanal meats, cheeses, and drinks, for lack of a better all-encompassing word, wine and beer, of the area. So I'm really excited to start doing that and, of course, continuing to make our short videos and films on our travels, food. I'm working on one right now of kind of an anthology for autumn, and it's really pretty. i am got to get it up before the last day of autumn on December 20th, so keep an eye out for that. December 22nd. I looked it up. It's not the 22nd. It's the 21st this year, fool. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so that's what's happening on our end of things. Do you have anything to add to that right now? And we'll start going to questions. No, I can't stop looking. There's someone talking a bunch of... There's someone saying all these bad things in About Italian. Me? Yeah. And I don't know how to block anyone because I don't know how to use this app. But uh, Why are they saying this? I don't know. Things? I'm just laughing hysterically as I'm reading this. Oh, you're not participating in our podcast any longer. No, I, I've got sidetracked. All right. Why don't you – do you want to switch positions and do you want to go to the computer and read the questions? Or I'll go read the questions. No, let's start, let's start and do the uh, – oh, what about the chestnuts? That's what I'm saying. Let's oh, start okay. Because those take a few Hello. Minutes. Okay. Oh, click. Someone was telling you how to. I know. I saw that. I saw that. We'll do it later. It. Thank you, whoever said that. We'll we'll do it later. They're writing in Italian, so I don't think there's too many people in uh, listening to this in Italian because it's six o'clock in the morning. Okay, so um, one thing uh, one thing that I love this time of year uh, that you'll see almost everywhere, every market, every festival, every everything are these. These are called. Castagne or Marone. These are chestnuts. And everyone's heard about uh, roasted... No, what's the one? What's the... Nuts. All I can think of is frosted window panes. Anyway. Castagne, yeah. Castagne, yes. Um, You'll find them in different, various different sizes. Um, What to do with these? Well, how to roast them. There are several different ways to do it, but... This is the cheapest way. This is a really cheap um, chestnut roasting pan. I'll dump them out so you can see. It's just a cheap aluminum pan with holes in the bottom. Some people have really clever gadgets for doing this. Oh, really beautiful. has either a crank on it with a basket or, you know, handmade ironworks, all this kind of stuff. To prepare the chestnuts, you'll see that they have a – there's two – there's a rounded edge – 
on the top and a flat edge on the bottom. You take the, a knife with a little bit of muscle. It's not easy to get through. Mm-hmm. Don't stab yourself. Yeah? Don't stab yourself. And I'm going to put my microphone down real quick. So what you're going to do. All right. What you're going to do. Or you want me to put the mic in front of you for the yeah, podcast? So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take a knife on the rounded part. And all I'm going to do is make a little indent, uh, make a little incision like that. Do that over, do that over, over, over and again. Then we put. And through the magic of television, he's already done the rest, folks. I already did the rest. They take a minute. They're, it's not easy. Be careful. If you need to use a serrated knife, use a, like a bread knife to, to cut into them. And you want to just make a little incision through the skin and a little bit into the meat. Oh, they are hitting the hearts hardcore. Oh, hit the hearts. Hit the hearts. Hit the hearts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then what I'm going to do is if you have a barbecue, you would get your barbecue going. But since we don't have the barbecue going, but we do have the fire going, I am going to pull some coals out from the fire. Put them... I hope this works for the podcast because it does. It is really fun to kind of try to record this at the same time. Our podcast for those, yes, um, great. Thank you, Marissa Hyatt. Our podcast is called Podcast from Italy, and it's available on iTunes and Stitcher. And we've been doing it for like goodness, like five years or so. But it's very inconsistent. However, we decided we would start doing it again. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry for coughing in your ear. Okay, so all I'm doing right now is I'm arranging the coals underneath this little pan, and I have the pan sitting up on the the um, the rat. What do you? What would you call this? The the iron that you the two pieces of iron that keep the wood up. What's that called? That's a great. It's not. What's the thing in the fire that? What is this? Anyone on Pinterest? What are these things? Pa- called? It's called periscope. Periscope. <laughs> what are these things called that keep the fire up? I don't even know. I don't either. Fire. Holder Holder uppers. Okay, so if you can, you get in there. Yeah. Okay, so we'll let this go on a nice medium low flame. I don't want it too hot because if it's too hot, it burns up the the castagne, the chestnuts before they're cooked. Too low, nothing happens. It usually takes about twenty twenty five minutes, and then if you can hear this sound, all you do is give them a little toss. Once they start, you'll, you'll notice the nut will start separating from the shell and the um, color will start to get brown. Once that starts to happen, grab one, let it cool, and give it a taste. You'll taste it if it's still starchy and raw. There'll be no doubt about it. <clears throat> Chestnuts, unlike roasted peanuts or almonds or any a lot of other nuts, do not get crunchy. They stay soft. So um, when you go to taste it, don't expect it to have a crunch. Expect to have a mushy, uh, not a mush, a softer Soft. consistency. But if it still tastes starchy, then keep on cooking them. All right? So that's it. That's all there is to do with chestnuts. Now, I know other people will say, oh, well, you could stick them in the microwave or you could do this or boil them. Yes, I understand. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Uh-oh. Did you hear that, boy cat? There's more than one way. Oh, he's so cute. But um, I understand that there's more than one way to do it. This is the way. Just we as do there's it. more yeah. than one way to call it, Castagna yes, Marone. Marone, and God knows what other names. I love the uh, people who come out of the woodwork trying to correct us. Yes, we live in a tiny town of two thousand people. They do it one way here. They might do it another way in another place. I'm sure they do. Okay, so that's it. 
and it's more it's more of an acquired taste to be quite honest. Oh, that's a great shot of You're them. Not, you might not love these at first, but with a glass of spiced red wine and at a festival here in Italy, they really do grow on you. They're they really do. Good. It's like you have to have them now. You have and to have they them. are so filling. Seriously, it Part of it is that it's hot by the fire where you have a, you know, we've got the fireplace in the kitchen, which is so lovely, but it means dinners get hot. We've moved the kitchen table into the other room where it's a little bit cooler, but you're full, you're fat, you're hot, and then you pull out the chestnuts and it's like, pop that top because I'm real full now. All right. Why don't we do? Uh, people, Should we answer some questions? Let's answer some questions. We we had some people send in some questions on Facebook, Twitter, all that, and to our email. If you have a question on um, Periscope, then go ahead and send it in right now, and Ashley can jot it down while she's doing it, and I'll read the first couple of questions. All right. Very good. Thanks, Jay. You, oh, you're welcome, Ash. How's your How's your job? I don't have a job. I'm currently unemployed. Okay. John writes. Not sure if this is the best way to. Oh, I guess I don't have to read that part. Um, He's John's curious about other American expats you run into, particularly those not associated with a transitional employer. Uh, oh, transnational employer. I guess he's basically asking uh, ex- American expats that we run into that don't aren't brought here by their employer. Do they tend to be employed in the food and hotel industry, or are there other sectors? That's my impression based on the media. Then again, I read a lot of food-based blogs, and magazines. Okay, so thank you so much, John, for your. Uh, question. We do not know another single ex, uh, American expat here in Italy. We moved to Italy specifically to not be around Americans. Not that we don't like Americans, but I just thought it was silly to move around the world. Just one sec. Got your question, Marissa. We'll be answering it shortly. Okay. I just thought it was silly to move halfway around the world to just Continue in your own culture and continue to be around people that you that that you you grew up with. So we are the Americans. Um, I know other expats who live here that are um, British, um, um, Dutch. Um, we knew some Germans, um, um, more Europeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some Aussies here for a while, but not Americans. Americans expats will be in Florence. Tuscany, Umbria, uh, those type of places, more where it's the American, um, more where it's been uh, parts of Italy that are much more popular with Americans. We don't know a single other one. We are the Americani, and that's how I like it. I do too. Now, that being said, I don't know if you answered your question because I was watching this as well, um, for what they're doing for work, whether they're American or not. Oh, most of the expats we do know are self-employed. Exactly. Um, We do know a few, like Jason was saying, our our very dear, dear friends and sweet neighbors, the Dutch um, couple family down the road. They are... Retired as EU expats, it's a totally different... Yeah, there's no paperwork involved. I think the reason why we don't know a lot of expats that are employed by... uh, Have employers that brought them over is because we don't live in a big city. No. And the only people who... Like Jason said, we moved to Italy to become Italians. So we really, to be honest, don't participate in expat events and these kind of things. Uh, So in that sense... um, i got to be honest. The expat blogs and the people in the expat communities, the um, American and British ones, they love to bitch and complain about how different and shitty Italy is. Now, 
I hear you. Italy has some parts of it that are not great. There's some definitely shitty parts of Italy. The bureaucracy make, you know, things that make you want to bang your head against the wall. If you don't like it, go back. Seriously, go back home. Because to come out to Italy and then just complain that everything, oh, see, we're starting to, it's, sorry, it's starting to separate, the nuts are starting to separate from the skins. Oh, yeah, that's looking good. So um, if you're going to move out to Italy and then do nothing but complain about how things don't work and it's not like this in the country that, of or in your country of origin. Stay there. Seriously, just stay there. It's just going to drive you insane. Exactly, better lemme. Move back. Move back. It's just going to drive you insane. You're going to pull all your hair out and you're going to hate it. So Yeah, you really, can't change it. We really have not... First, when we moved here, we pop on there and kind of check it out. But it just seems to be a lot of people who are very bitter and don't really like Italy or just want to complain about Italy in general. Which, I'll, get me going. I'll complain about Italy if you want me to. Well, so someone asked, then why are we living in Italy? What do you mean? I, they don't know our story, so why are we in Italy? Oh, oh. no sound? Can someone confirm that? Veda says no sound. Turn, uh, up, turn up your thing. Anyone else? Can you hear us? Um, okay, good. We why got, are we, got we living in Italy? We are living in Italy because we moved here. We came here on our honeymoon in 2005 and fell in love with it and wanted to come here for not only a uh, different life, but a life more uh, filled with quality than quantity. Here, you, the quality of life here in Italy is very high from the air you breathe to the water you drink to the sun to the food to that. If you can deal with the bureaucracy and kind of crap that goes along you know you can't have your cake and eat it too so there's a everything has a cost right correct and someone asked during that do we like living here i love it we love it but and that's the whole thing you have to be willing to take the good with the bad here you got to roll with the punches no you're not going to change the system no it's corrupt no there's bureaucratic bullshit around every corner but it's a beautiful country the people are wonderful and we're so lucky. The Marchigiani are such great people. We cannot say enough. Whenever we travel to other parts of Italy, Sicily, um, Rome, Bologna, people say, oh, you Marchigiani, Zombroni. They are so good and um, simpatici, very, very friendly. So for being an expat and being someone who is foreign in this uh, strange land it's lovely to be here with such great people who are very welcoming yes um part of that is because the marcagiani the people of lamarque in this northern area kind of separated by the by ancona going north there's less expats in general so i think it's still a bit of a surprise to see such foreign faces yeah, for them as not well jaded with foreigners exactly. but let's not romanticize this there are goods with there's the good with the bad and you have to yes. you have to ask yourself does the good part of living in Italy outweigh the bad parts and for us it does I love it we we're two years away eighteen months away from uh, having our citizenship and that's it I'm never leaving so and uh, we got another question on here from Marissa hi if we knew Italian when we moved here we knew. I like to say blue, tree, and three. You knew how to say a few days of the week, the colors, and you could count. But there was no way you could call and say, the pipes are frozen. <laughs> no. Um, we took about a year of, uh, of classes before we moved out here, but that doesn't really do any. I mean, that's the nothing. It really just prepares you to be prepared to not be able to, you know. 
well, it, it's it's the literally the bare minimum. So yeah. I would say uh, as much as you can speak before you come out here. For us, again, we don't. That's why we don't live in a metropolitan area. Uh, metropolitan area. We live in the countryside, so it is. No one speaks English out here at all, which is good. We didn't move out to, again. Didn't move to Italy to speak English. All right, so here they are. Here they're coming. Oh, okay. So the fire's a little hot. How do I know that? Can you hold my microphone up to sure. my mouth? Okay. So how do I know that the fire's a little hot? Well. I'm getting too much color on the outside. A little higher up. There you go. A little lower. Too, I'm getting <laughs> too much color on the outside and not enough color on the inside of the sh- – of the. Uh, Let me show them one time because that was hard. So if you see, I'm getting – it's starting like right there. They're starting – the shells are starting to blacken, but the nuts are staying white, which means that my fire is too hot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick some of the coals down a little bit and space them out. And see if that helps. It also could be because I didn't toss them enough. But we'll see. We'll, we'll lower the fire a little bit. Okay. Keeping on, keeping on. Yes. Thanks for your questions. Uh, oh, we have another one here um, real quick for someone who's listening. Um, they are looking to move to Italy for about six months' time. They are self-employed and want to come and cook. However, not so much interested in staying at a cooking school for six months. If we have any suggestions or recommendations. My suggestion or recommendation, if you have a, first of all, six months, you, unless you have some sort of special visa or permission, you can, as an American citizen, I'm not sure where you are coming in from, you can only be in Italy for 90 days um, on your visa tour. In, in Europe. In like. Europe. Um, on your uh, touristic visa is what it's called. And that's good for the first 90 days. Then you would need to leave the, the EU and come back in. And there's a lot of ways to kind of play the system with that, but that's another conversation. You can apply though for a long-term touristic visa. And this is just a simply, all they want to make sure is that you have a return ticket and enough money to be here while you're on your holiday. And I think that's good for six months. Yeah. And you can do sometimes again, you can, this is Italy play the system. So maybe you, um, don't enroll in Italian cooking classes, but you do enroll in an Italian language school. Now you are considered a student visa. I don't know if there's age cutoffs for that or it's, any of those. You got to look at all your You have to look it up, um, based on where you live in the States and your closest consulate. But, um, I would suggest doing something like that. Come for a um, Italian language school. That's a great shot right there. Thank you. Okay, so we're just checking out the. There's again. I think I a little too hot. The uh, the skins turn black on the uh, chestnuts. So we'll keep on going. Um. So to continue that answer, then if you're not looking quite so much for a cooking school, you could do one thing and come out here and kind of travel to many different schools in different parts of Italy because you will learn totally different cooking in each region. You said they're not looking to go to a school. No. I was just saying that's what, if you, I understand you're not looking to spend six months at one's cooking school. If you otherwise start getting a cafe in town, start, you know, find a little town that you're interested in and start putting it out there. Start showing yourself in town. If you start asking some Nona, some little grandma or a housewife, a Casalinga, like how do you make your pasta or how do you cook? If you just become friendly, maybe offer and exchange free English lessons for someone in town, you might... You're going to have to speak English, Italian, though. Oh, yeah. With those... In that kind of situation, An- Another yeah. more plausible thing that you can do, other than just showing up and trying to chat people up and get invited to their houses, horrible idea, is 
woofers. Oh, yeah, that is a much better idea. Good job. <laughs> what are woofers? Woofers are uh, willing workers on organic farms. And uh, I'm not sure if it started in Australia or if it is, uh, if it's worldwide or what, but... Essentially, you can go onto these different websites or contact different agriturismos and offer your services and say, I would like, which we are inundated with people who contact us about this, who um, you make an exchange for work to stay on the farm. And in that case, maybe you would stay and learn to cook. It's a great idea. Um, yeah. And if you stay on a farm, there's definitely eating and cooking and, and a bunch of traditional Italian stuff going on. Yeah, exactly. Kind of uh, de facto, you'll absorb it all. And versus... then from there, you know, you stay two weeks there. And then those people know Giuseppe who has a restaurant in blah, blah, blah. And you go th- and then you go visit Giuseppe and you help him out in the kitchen. for. It's just getting your foot in the door. Big smile, willing to do anything and being creative in both how to get here and once you are here. It's going to take some footwork. Yes. Um, we have another question from Sue and Tom. Will you be making salamis this year? Typically, I think you do this in December, January to hang upstairs during the cold season. Will you leave your salami for next year or take some with you? If you don't make it this year, uh, if you don't make it this year, this may be when you realize it's different. Oh, they are former guests. She, they're saying um, you, uh, we might realize it's different as in, whoa, it's hot. Sorry about that overmodulation. I think she's saying um, since we – oh, I didn't announce while we were talking about what's coming up next. We will actually be staying at the farmhouse um, through this winter and into the spring at the very least. Um so you will still see our friendly faces from this familiar farmhouse for a bit longer. Um, and so that being said, I think that's what Sue and Tom mean, um, that it would feel different. So we will still be doing our sausages and salami. We'll still be hanging them upstairs in apartment three in Chiliege for the winter. So nothing's changing this year. Um, I think that answers her question. Yeah, we still will do salamis, but I'm not doing 200 kilos of it. This no, year. if it's I'm just doing... for us and we don't have guests. I'm going to do 25 kilos and that's about it. And, um, last year we did, um, we put fennel, we tried to put some fennel seeds and some pepperoncino flakes in it. It did not work out. I don't know. It has lots to do with, um, uh, a lot has to do with the temperature right now. It's really warm out. We're having some weird, like it's it's cold in the mornings. It's really cold in the mornings. Uh, frosty, but beautiful and sunny. We have not had rain or anything but clear skies for two months now. Right? I, I, was, I was waiting to see what you were going to say because I was, I was thinking, it, we're talking into October. It is ridiculous. Unseasonably warm for sure here. Yeah, so um, we will do it, but I got to wait for colder weather. So probably after Bafana this year. After it's the funny that she, that they mentioned it because you literally had this conversation with Gaji like two or three days ago as well about this of... of what are we doing? Um, how much are we going for? <laughs> um, people on um, uh, Periscope, last chance to get your questions in. Uh, I got one more up here. Two more. Uh, one more up here to uh, Can you read it from there? Yep. Me too. Christian wants to know, were, tr- um, were truffles used in any beer making locally? Would love to hear some details. Okay. Hard not to make fun of this one. Not make fun of it, but no. Christian. <laughs> there are no dumb questions. <laughs> there are no dumb questions, but Italians are much different in their taste than Americans. Italian philosophy is you don't mix 
crazy different flavors together. So truffles and beer would never go together, apart from the fact that truffles cost an insane amount of money. Um, they just don't like those strong flavors. So they would look at you with this weird look, like why would you put truffles and beer because they just don't go. No, and in fact, when something is so prized as a truffle or even a beautiful piece of fish. Or you, even a beer. You leave it alone. Here, truffles, very, seriously, in our area, which is, uh, I like to tout that it is more rich in truffles than Alba. That's what a few local hunters have loved to brag about. But at our truffle festivals at Santa, in Sant'Angelo and Vado and Apecchio, for example, these are our two neighboring towns. We have good friends who are truffle hunters and truffle vendors and all of these things. and Or just locals who have lived here their entire life for generations. And what is the two classic ways to do it? Frittata, just truffles grated over eggs, or tagliatelle, truffles grated over egg pasta. That's it. Pasta. And they might do a little crostini, and then there's a few other accoutrements and things that you can do. Oh, shit. But um, otherwise, it is in- – should I just move them here? No, keep going. Um, Looking good. Starting to open. Um, otherwise, it is very traditional, very simply done, and like Jason is saying, with a flavor that's strong, that's all they want to taste. So, for example, the French will grill a steak, and then they will put a Bernays sauce or a Mornay sauce or whatever over it. The Italians, olive oil and lemon. Um, hold on. We're, um, you guys, how do you think it would be different for someone who's single? Um, the Italians... Um, Potato ch- chips, potato chips. They love potato chips. Nothing but salt on them. You'll never see no. barbecue. You'll never see. No, in fact, we tried to. We saw like a barbecue or super spicy one the other day. And Jason was like, oh, let's get it. Just because you never see flavors of chips and stuff here. And he was, what was it called? Like loud and spicy whatever, or whatever. whatever. And he was like, it's neither loud nor spicy. I would call it mild and sweet. Like <laughs> there's just no extreme flavors, you know? So they don't want to do that. They're p- very much Puritans in the in the sense that they want clean tastes by themselves. The truffle is very precious. It's very expensive. You wouldn't do anything but shave it over something and eat it immediately. No, and... To put it in beer is... Dis- I'm, I don't mean to make fun of you, but that's that sounds gross. Well, also, I, I don't know how you would quite do that, but secondly, <laughs> in... The poor, the craft, Italian craft beer industry is having a hard enough time getting Italians to drink kind of Belgium-inspired craft beer. Start throwing in crazy things like truffle-flavored beer, and you're going to lose them. Yeah, this isn't America. They're you know, not they're not looking to up the states. No. <laughs> they're not, just make a great they're beer. They're looking for baby steps to a blonde ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you just make a great beer, that's all you have to do. Done. Um, we also had another question. I'm sorry. I forgot who put it up there. I had to read it and, uh, while I was talking. Um, we moved out here when the question was, Ash, we moved out together. How would it be different for someone moving out to Italy who's doing it as a single person? Much harder, it's in my harder, opinion. Because you always have each other, which is the main thing. No. no matter how lonely it is, no matter how much you get frustrated, no matter how homesick mu- you homesick, might get. You always have someone else. And unless you have a friend or, or you really make strong ties in the community, that is the most important thing, I think. Regardless if you're moving out here with a family, by yourself, in a couple, whatever, if you're going to become an expat, the most important thing to do is become part of the community. Assimilate. 
do your best. Get it. Put yourself out there because once you become part of a community, it becomes home. Yeah. If it's never, if it always feels like a foreign place, you'll always be thinking that, well, I'm going to go home one day. Mm-hmm. If you move out here, this is home now. So you have to make it feel like that. Um, I also think that if you, depending on your age, if you moved out here single, um, Italians may also be more likely to take you in like you are this um, kind of abandoned child. We were 25, 26 when we moved out here and everyone kept asking where our mothers were. We thought we were a married couple who's lived in New York for almost 10 years away from our family. Why are they asking us about our moms? And it was so weird. <coughs> So if you um, are on the younger side of things, that might help. But um, also, I guess if you are single, it gives you mobility. Like uh, if you want to be more transient and move around, um, it might be a little bit easier. But I definitely have to say it's it's been nice having Jason. Yes, but I think Marissa said she's 25. I also think you'll make of it what you want. You know, you reap what you sow. If you go in with a positive attitude and it's this is going to be the most incredible thing in my life, it will be. If you go into it thinking, I don't know, I hope this works out, you know, it, 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 you'll, you'll make that happen too. Yeah, and I have to say, this is kind of what I was saying depending on your age. Not to have like an ageism or something, but on the younger side, 25, do it. Do it. You're, you'll, you'll, you you'll are going to have an experience of your lifetime. You'll meet, you'll meet wonderful guy. people. Totally. You're going to travel within Italy. You say you give yourself six months here. You're going to travel all over Italy or find a cheap flight. You'll get antsy and say, let's go to Barcelona for five bucks. Um, many more younger Italians in that age range are speaking English or learning English because they are trying to leave Italy. But um, I think you at 25 will have a lot better chance than at 45 um, being single coming out here. But like Jason said, it's whatever you put into it. And do it. And if you are, Marissa, if you're American, the exchange rate right now is awesome. When we came, we got to take our life savings. Oh, look at, oh, they're almost ready. Almost. We got to take our life savings and trade a dollar. F- um, let's see. A euro was a euro, um, a dollar fifty five, one fifty six. And you're if you come, it's going to be in the what single digits one oh five. I don't know what it I is. don't even. I don't know. But it's a hell of a lot better than when we moved. That so, it is. Yeah, you have that working for you. All right. Let's see. Uh, it's we. Been- it's almost been an hour. Good. All right. Uh, what's coming up this week? What are we doing? Well, like Jason said, we are visiting a um, farmhouse today for the possible next location for the Tavla Marque. And we'll keep you guys posted on that and maybe even do some live Periscope videos when um, we have a handful of properties to show you guys. Get your feedback. Um, we're doing Capoletti round two. I've got some videos that I'm editing and I'm waiting for snow. It definitely, like Jason said, does not feel like it. But the talk is after Christmas, the pressure will change. So let's check out. Let's check out how we're doing because I want to finish these up before. Okay. So all right, I'm gonna take the camera and you no, switch. No, just, just leave it right oh. there. So you can see that they're starting. You see how the the uh, chestnuts are starting to turn golden, like um, that one on the right of the frame, golden a little bit. Maybe that one in the center frame is still a little underdone, but you get the point. That one's a little underdone. That one right there looks good. So what we're going to do is we're going to try one. Ash, you want to hold the camera? Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take one out. Maybe not that one. Okay, I'll take one out and I'll try it. Now you can see that on one side, on one side of the – I'm sorry for people listening, but you'll have to watch this on Pinterest. 
Uh, Pinterest. <laughs> what is the stupid app Periscope. called? Periscope. You can't stop moving your okay, so you can see on one side it's got a beautiful golden color. The other side it's get it got a little burned. That's my fault because I'm trying to do a podcast, a a video podcast, and cook chestnuts at the same time. So they sat on the fire. They needed to be moved a little bit more. We're gonna give them a taste. What am I looking for? I'm looking for it not to have starchy consistency. Try that, Ash. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now what I do, I'm going to have Ashley um, hold the – I take a kitchen towel like so. I'm going to wa- rinse a kitchen towel in warm water um, – get it damp with warm water. Hold on. All right. Mama Micha, the mama cat. And the boy cat are waiting patiently for chestnuts. Boy cat, stay. Stay. He's so sweet. Okay. Let me have my mic back. Okay, so I've got my damp kitchen towel now. What I'm going to do is get a basket, a bowl, whatever the hell you're going to put your chestnuts into. We're going to pour the chestnuts in. And then just wrap them in this wet towel. And what this is going to do is it's going to, the hot chestnuts are going to steam, basically, because they're going to make the, the little bit of water in that towel turn into steam. And it's, they steam themselves finished. And what this does is it helps separate the skin from the nut uh, all the way around and just kind of steams the nut a little bit. I've read some recipes where people boil the chestnuts first and then roast them, which basically we're doing the opposite of that. We're roasting them first and steaming them finished instead of boiling them and roasting them for color. Listen, guys, never eaten a chestnut until we lived here. This is the way that I learned how to do it. Do it your own way if you have another. Now, how long to keep them in, how long to keep them in this um, in the towel, I don't know. I usually keep them in there five or six minutes. You can't eat them right away anyway because they are like – they're like hot rocks. You can't eat it. So just let them sit five, ten minutes in this towel. You'll know when you're ready to go, and that's it. That's all you do with them, and you eat them with uh, some spiced red wine. Um, and they're ready to go from there. And we tend to only know one way of things because that's where we live <coughs> and or Gaji taught us. And if it's a Gaji lesson, there's no way but his way. So <laughs> – all right, very good. Um, thank you so much for joining us on our video blog and live po- and live video blog and podcast this morning. Yeah, let us know if you guys enjoyed this. If it was boring, if it was fun, maybe we'll do some more podcasts this way. Kind of cool to have some interactive activity going on. I feel like Joe Rogan, like live streaming as we're podcasting. At yeah, the same we got to we got to figure out the tripod. The tri- the uh, what's this tripod that you bought? That's a piece of crap. It's called the Joby. Gorilla Grip, and it's supposed to be one of okay. the best ones. No one buy the Joby Gorilla Grip. It cannot hold the phone itself up. I think it's because it's the iPhone 6. Like, the big care. one. Don't I don't know. Sell it. Then don't sell the attachment for the iPhone I 6. I know. Um, all right, bring us home, I apologize Ash. for our yeah, some of our uh, tripod problems. Bring us home. We got, new, we got new info to give out. Yes. So. <coughs> Do you get to go? Oh. <coughs> that was hysterical because I could see your face. <coughs> I apologize. Delicious. Again, delicious. <laughs> okay. Where was I? <laughs> so thank you for tuning in to us on Periscope at Ashley Bartner and listening to our podcast from Italy, which you can find on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. You can follow us on Facebook, Facebook, 
Instagram um, or Twitter at Ashley Bartner, A-S-H-L-E-Y-B-A-R-T-N-E-R. You can continue to follow Latav Lamarque at L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E, both on Facebook, Twitter, Blogspot, all of the usual suspects. And check out our new brand, No Half Measures, which you can find at nhmfilms.com, Facebook, nohalfmeasures.life, and our blog, nohalfmeasures.life.wordpress.com. So, so my, oh, and um, on Instagram, if you go to nohalfmeasures.films, you can see all of our little short films that I just do little Instagram clips and throw up on there, or Vine, too. Um, which is hysterical because the vine of Jason tossing a plate of pasta with scampi. Um, I've like done edited vines where I'm using my nice camera. There's music. I've thought about my six second edit and there's like two people who have seen it. This stupid thing that he's like, I can't believe you're even filming it. The light's not even good. I was like, no, people love this shit. Slow-mo of the pasta toss has like... 3,500 loop, like, it's just been shared like crazy. It's hysterical. So you never know. But follow us anyway. We'll keep putting shit out there. We'll keep putting it out there, sharing our stories and um, travels along the way. All right. Um, I've been up for far too long without a coffee yet. I know. It's definitely coffee time. I was starting to see it in your eyes as we were finishing. (laughs) It's coffee time. All right, so from cold, frozen, but warm in the after, warm during the day, Piobico Italia, thank you so much for joining us. Check us again later, and we couldn't do it without you. I can't believe anyone's actually listening to us. Buona festa. Talking to these microphones. Merry Christmas, Buon Natale. Feliz, what's, what's the Feliz Navidad. Oh, Joyce Noel. Joyce Noel. Okay. Happy holidays. Ciao. Um, ciao. Bye, Mama Micha. Mama. Come here, Mama. That's right, you beautiful lady. Okay. Shut this thing off. Thank you. Ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.